Insanity in the NBA. Free agents on the move changing the balance of power as we know it. We'll talk about who went where and ask who is the new power couple. KD and Kyrie, AD LeBron, Mitchell and Conley, all that and more on Keep It Simple Stupid. This is the Sports Edition. I'm your host as always, Robert Gifford, and with me today is one of my oldest and best friends, William Delzy. How you doing, Will? Doing pretty good. Glad to be here. Hey man, what do you think? Are you nervous at all? Are you excited about this? What do you got going on in your brain? Uh, yeah, I'm a little nervous. Uh, I'm not used to talking into microphones. I uh, mostly just sit around, watch NBA coverage, play a little video game. So microphones a little out of my, my comfort zone, but I'll get there. Isn't it funny how like when you turn on a camera and you see that red dot, or if you know you're live and literally nobody's listening in this room right now but you and me, Right. it and just changes the dynamic in our brain? All of a sudden you want us to do push-ups, make sure you look good, <laughs> clear That's your throat. So, That's yeah. so funny, man. Uh, so for those of them that don't know Will, uh, Will got his bachelor's in math and master's in philosophy from the University of Toledo. Yes. And how long did it take you to get that? I uh, started in 2013 uh, in January and was done last summer, August uh, 2018. So nice. about five years. Nice, nice. Six years. And uh, you've been with your wife now, Molly, for how long? Uh, we've been married almost five years and together for about 10. That's insane. I remember the day you got married. Oh, you've been together almost 10 years? Yeah. 2010? Man. Oh my gosh. Time yeah. flies. We it's are pretty crazy. We are 32, we're, friend. We're old, Robert. We got <laughs> pains and places we didn't know existed. <laughs> I know, man. Um, so he's currently living in Lansing um, with, uh, with uh, his wife's parents. They are currently moving. They just moved from Toledo. Correct. And they're looking for a home now in East Lansing. So he is a longtime Michigan State fan, so he'll fit in right, uh, right and well there. Um, and I asked him to give me some bio notes on who he is, and he said he's a professional limbo artist. Explain that, please. <laughs> I mostly mean because we have so much in limbo right now, like with our lives, like me trying to find a job and my wife starting a new job and living out of a basement. Uh, hey. So it kind of feels a little bit in limbo, so just yeah. a lot up in the air. Yeah, and but. that's that's kind of uh, – <laughs> I remember uh, when I was first trying to get um, um, move from my grandparents' place – to, you know, finding my own spot with Eli and living with those guys. I was, uh, I just felt like I couldn't do anything in the house until 10. I was constantly confined to my bedroom. Right. Um, and I don't get me wrong. I was blessed to live with my grandparents. They did phenomenal and I, I love them and miss them. And, um, I wish, uh, I wish I was still living there at times because it's a lot easier on my wallet, <laughs> but, right. uh, it is what it is. So, yeah. um, and then you wrote down here that, uh, one day you'd like to write about something and get paid for it. And right. uh, I know you personally, so tell our audience a little bit about what your, what your passions are there. Uh, yeah, so I mostly just mean like I have a lot of interest when it comes to stories. Uh, and I think this is probably why the NBA, I'm so drawn to it the last few years. is because there's just a narrative that runs throughout that goes beyond the games, right? Beyond right. the players, there's just something that is, there's a storytelling element to the NBA right now, which is why I'm so drawn to it. But also, like, movies and television, I just like to write. Uh, you know, it's funny that you touched on uh, storytelling with the NBA. I, it, everybody that knows me knows I'm a hardcore professional wrestling fan. And I think I've, I've made this uh, kind of uh, a comparison to, uh, to Dave before about the NBA and wrestling. NBA overnight will change. And that's what we're going to talk about today is how it completely changed last night. Right. I mean, I, I don't think, I, and maybe you, you can recall a time, but I can't. I don't remember a time on the first night where this many moves took place. No. No, it, I don't think there's anything I can think of. Uh, I mean, besides 
besides LeBron to Miami, like, but that was like after a week. So I mean, right. the stories right now in 24 hours is just insane. Well, I guess let's jump into it then. I mean, last night you have KD and Kyrie going to Brooklyn. Right. Which, uh, that's probably the biggest news outside of where Kawhi is going to end up going. Um, yeah. And we'll, we'll talk a little later about, about Kawhi. I just want to talk right now about what moves actually happen and get our thoughts on them and what, how we think it's going to change the dynamic of the NBA because it is forever changed. Right, yeah. Um, so I think this is potentially the biggest news, like the potential biggest winners. I know we'll talk about winners in a little bit, but... We just there's so much up in the air with Kevin Durant and the Achilles injury, but Brooklyn's really going for it here. Um, I thought it was interesting to see the uh, juxtaposition there between Brooklyn and New York and how they yeah. treated Kevin Durant uh, because you know there's reports coming out about James Dolan, uh, the Knicks owner, who didn't want to give Durant that um, max deal. Dude, uh, let's let's talk about that. Do you think that's a PR move? Do I think it's a PR move in what way? I feel they once they realized that they were losing the argument or losing the um, the the contract to Kevin Durant and Ky- and Kyrie Irving. Right. I think once they found that out, they decided, you know what? Let's save face here a little bit and say that we weren't going to offer the best player in the world right now a right. max contract based on this Achilles. Yeah, I mean, if if it is a PR move, it's not a bad PR. It's move, It's not a right? bad PR because, move. Um, you know, James Dolan needs a little help sometimes looking good because he's made a lot of bad decisions since he's taken over for the Knicks. And with Kevin Durant, um, there's if he were to maybe the Knicks curse is real, right? So maybe if he they sign Durant, <laughs> it ends up not working out, and now for Durant at the Nets, it'll work out all right. But but let's say all right. So my, the flip side of that though is is if it's if it if it's a legitimate move, why don't you don't you think if you're the Knicks after fifty years of really not landing somebody of you know his caliber, wouldn't you offer him the max contract? Wouldn't yeah. you just do it? Yeah, you'd think so. And I mean, history has told us with the Knicks that that's what they do. Um, so you know, it might it might just be a PR move. It might be the case that they lost out and don't want to look bad. But you, you know, you're uh, probably that's that's kind of where I'm falling. I'm not into the. I don't want to get into the uh, conspiracy theories at all. But that's that's that one seems like it could be legitimate because you never know with Dolan. Um, so what does this do for Brooklyn? How did how did Brooklyn pull this off? Um, well, I think it helps that they've. Uh, recovered over the last couple of years. They've started to look like a good young team, and obviously they're lo- losing some of their youth here uh, because they're signing some of the veterans in Kyrie and Kevin. Um, but I think if Kevin comes back full health, not this year but next, um, you know, they're title contenders. You, you there's no there's, question. You, you don't think there's any chance he comes back next year? I don't think there's any chance he comes back next year. Uh, I just think it would be um, – I mean, we saw what happened with the Marcus Cousins this yep. year. Um, he – took forever to kind of get back into the swing of things. I think giving it that whole year, uh, it would just be a better move for Brooklyn long-term and kept and Durant long-term too. Yeah, you're right. And, and depending on how well, um, you know, Kyrie and them can, because they, they were already a playoff team this year. Right. And if they can k- take that in, um, I don't know, I would almost rather see them not make the playoffs just to see if they can get, you know, a better uh, draft pick going in the head right. and then you get Kevin coming back off of injury. Yeah. But I got to tell you, there's everything inside of me says Kevin Durant who is a fierce competitor? Right. He's a thin six eleven. Mm-hmm. He's not, you know, he's not one of these guys that has a heavy load on his joints. I, I, I see him coming back. Yeah. You know, uh, Kobe came back in two hundred seventy days. He's not as tall, but mm-hmm. he was older. Yeah, I think the question really would just come down to if Kevin Durant comes back at eighty 
percent, 75%, are they going to compete for a title? If they're in position to compete for a title, then it might be the right move because that's why Durant made this move, right? To have his own team, right? to win a title, Sands, Golden State. Um, so if he's feeling good enough and they're in position to win a title, it might, it might be the case that Durant comes back. I just... I, okay, so let's say, let's say 100%. Kevin Durant comes back. Let's just say he he defeats all odds. Are they a title contending team right now? Uh, yeah, I think so. Think so? Uh, mostly because in the East you still have a top heavy, um, uh, you have a top heavy conference. Um, especially with there's only about three or four teams that can right. that can fill out the slate, and then everybody yeah. else kind of falls into place. Yeah, and we'll talk a little bit later about the 76ers. I have no idea what the hell they're doing. I don't um, get it either. And then if Toronto, if Kawhi leaves Toronto, then it's wide open. Wide open. East. If if Kawhi leaves Toronto, I'm with you. I think it's Brooklyn's. I mean, you could even argue that even if Kawhi stays, Brooklyn can still compete, and if not, be right. be favored. Because one yep. thing that we're we're not even adding into this is, even though he's a little older, DeAndre Jordan is a legitimate player in this league still, yep. and uh, he comes over into this into this free agent move with the other two. Um, and I believe Kevin Durant took less money to make that happen. Yeah. So some of the reports uh, have been that Kyrie and Kevin, we've known for a while now that they're good friends and they've wanted to play together, but apparently DeAndre Jordan was part of this whole I had no idea. wanting to play together, you know, buddy group, so uh, they finally get it done. What do you What do you think? You think, uh, it's funny because I thought this was going to be the year that uh, there was going to be no more big threes. I thought we were going to come back to these kind of dynamic duos. I thought the big threes were kind of done. Is DeAndre Jordan uh, still a good enough player to consider that a big three or no? Uh, no. Uh, okay. and I think we see it in his pay, right? Cause okay. I think his contract's roughly $10 million a year. Uh, I don't know. The Which exact. is a little crazy to think just where yeah. he was three, four years ago. Right. So I think we see what we're seeing here is DeAndre Jordan accepting the fact that he's going to be a role player. He might be a starter, might play 30, 35 minutes okay. in important games, but big three. Um, I don't think so. They've got, uh, the Levert kid, they've got the Harris kid, they've got good shooting around, um, Yep. Uh, ball dominant players. Uh, so I think they're set up really nice. What what um does Harris does he come off the bench? Is he starting? I mean, will he play that too? Uh yeah. So he is. I think he started quite a bit last year, but it was kind of because Levert was hurt, and then Din uh, Spencer Dinwiddie was hurt for a while. Um, so he started some. It really he'll start at the beginning of the year. Okay. When Durant gets back, we'll then have to his, see what happens. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's wide open when Durant gets back because. You know, one thing, as you know this, is it takes time for teams to kind of get their chemistry going. Right. And I still think he's going to come back this year. We'll see. I mean, a lot of it has to do with where, like you said, where Brooklyn's at. You know, are they sitting the top of the East? Are they sitting in the bottom? Are they sitting in the middle somewhere? Right. Um, anything tells me that if they're in the playoffs, one through eight, or if they're knocking on the door in April, and Kevin Durant can come back and get three to four weeks under his belt of conditioning before the playoffs start, he's going to do that. Yeah. So that's just, I think that's how he's made up. Plus, as an athlete, and you were an athlete, I'm an athlete, one of those things that we we pride ourselves on trying to def, you know defy the odds a little bit, yeah. and everybody's telling him that he's not going to be back next year, I think Clay Thompson's going to be back next year. Yeah, yeah, and I think Clay Thompson, it, to be fair, is a little different in, injury. Like it is. The Achilles it is. and yep. the ACL are uh, different types of injuries, so I would totally expect Clay Thompson to be back. Um, and with Durant, I completely agree with you, but at the same time, you have to measure, because he's not 23, 24 right now, he's going on 31 years old, with the older players, someone who's trying to maintain that 
greatest player in the NBA title, it might just be better for him to to just take the whole year off. Yeah, to just take the whole year off um, and then come back full strength. But you know, I don't, I don't have his Achilles, so I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I, I mean, well, and and for those of you that don't know, I'm talking to the audience now. Uh, uh, my buddy Will here is a huge LeBron fan and a huge LeBron supporter yep. <laughs> and apologist by all means. Um, he, uh, he, I'm going to ask this question. I'm just curious to get your thoughts. Is Kevin Durant the best player in the league? No. Uh, Quiet Leonard took that after he won the title last year. Really? Yeah. Um, if LeBron had been in the playoffs, I might have been willing to still stick on LeBron James as the sure. greatest player. The NBA, but um, the way he played defense last year uh, and picking and missing, choosing, yeah, yeah, missing the playoffs, it's unacceptable. So, but I don't think that he can't not get back to right. that this year. I think it's like a three to four player race with Kevin Durant right there, and then uh, depending on Giannis, how he ends up and how he develops a, a jump yeah. shot. Yeah, and if he ends up becoming a jump shooter, he's going to be a scary player. He's got that frame, man. It's insane. Right. Um, Okay, so so Brooklyn, you have you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. My big thing is this, and this is kind of the road I wanted to go down with Brooklyn, is I'm comparing this team a lot to the earlier OKC teams. And I want to ask you this question. Brooklyn definitely is the biggest winner, and we'll get to that. They're the biggest winner of this year's free agent move, for sure. That, that can't be debated. Um, with that being said, is Kevin Durant on a better team? Then obviously he's not on a better team than he was with the Golden State Warriors. Right. Is he on a better team than he was when he was with the old or the Thunder? Uh, man, that's a really good question. Um, I think because he's a little bit older and Kyrie's a little bit older. In the NBA, youth is nice to have, but it needs to grow into veteran. Um, right, experience. You gotta not, have that experience. Right, and you're not in your prime until you're in twenty eight to thirty two range with, okay. in the NBA. So I think yes, they're probably a little bit better team just because they were so young when they made that first. Uh, NBA yeah, finals. I mean, you had Ibaka who was under twenty four. You had uh, I think Collins was on that team. He was pretty young then. You had James Harden was on that team. Right, um, he was coming off the bench. Yeah. So I mean, you're right. My question is this though: is I, I guess I just compare it. Who is who's a better point guard? I mean, do you like do you, do you favor more Kyrie Irving or do you favor more Russell Westbrook? Uh, I I think. And who's better? In, and who's better to service Kevin Durant's full talent? Yeah. So the second part of the question is easy. That's Kyrie Irving. Okay. Um, Russell Westbrook is a great, uh, great player who has a hard time containing his emotion, containing his will on the court. Right. Sure. And Kyrie. Having had experience with LeBron, winning a championship with LeBron, knowing what it's like to be that second player, um, I think is going to be a better fit. Just because... Do you, his, really, you really feel that way? Yeah, I really feel that way. Because I, I was sitting here thinking about this last night when I was driving, mm-hmm. and I was like, I, I just had this idea that, and maybe I'm stubborn on it now, but I, I just... If I had to start a team with one of those two, I think I'm going Russell Westbrook just because he's such a dynamic player on all. He's much better defender right. than Kyrie is. Kyrie oh, absolutely, doesn't. Yeah. Kyrie definitely doesn't give you that type of effort on this end. No. Um, but I think a lot of uh, Kyrie's issues in Boston this year were just self-made. Yeah. Um, things that you know maybe he's not as good as being a number one as he thinks he is. He's a great number two. Yeah. Might be the best number two in the league, and I think maybe Kevin Durant will find that out. Right. Um, but. I don't know. I don't really want to get into the talk about whether or not we see predicting championships and stuff yet because there's still a lot of moving pieces. And I think that's where we need to go to now. Um, Outside of Brooklyn, who are some of the other biggest winners for you? Uh, 
I think the biggest gambles uh, have been the 76ers because they really threw their chips into two pots that I didn't expect. Okay. Uh, mostly because if Al Horford works at power forward next to Embiid, um, they could be just scary on defense, right? Oh, okay. Um, it, the the biggest question mark is Harris. Is he worth that max extension? I I don't think so. But the, the league is starting to remind me of uh, quarterbacks and where they are right now. Mm-hmm. Quarterbacks. How many of those guys are getting these contracts that they're not deserving of? But because you need a quarterback to win in the league, that right. you you've got to get one. And it's yeah. kind of like you know what we need to keep Tobias Harris on his team. Let's pay him an overpaying. Yeah. That's kind of what it felt like to me. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, and then I think it really just comes down to can those three guys um, fit together because then you're starting Tobias Harris at the small forward and he's kind of that uh, that future power forward uh, position that okay. everyone's always talking about in the NBA, like the new age power forward. Um, but yeah, Philly's kind of up in the air for me. Like they could be a big winner, but my I'm leaning towards them being a big a big it's loser. Be a big loser, yeah. I I gotta tell you, bud. I, I feel like I feel like they're a big loser as well because, well, I mean, I, I know you're kind of in the middle on it. I, I'm in the middle as well, and I will never know until they kind of hit the you know yeah. floor to the court, but or feet to the court. But the biggest thing with them is, I, I was telling you this when we were prepping for the show. JJ Redick, right. l- losing them. I mean, that that's their shooting. That's their outside shooting. Ben Simmons. Exactly. I don't see him shooting the ball and get. I mean, I, there's reports that Ben Simmons has no interest in getting better at shooting the ball. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> that's not good. I mean, I, I, I don't know if that's you know conjecture or not, but I, I just feel like with the team the way it's currently constructed and where we're at here, we've got we've got Ben Simmons running the point, shooting guard is up in the air, Tobias Harris, Al Horford. I mean, Al Horford, is he stretching the floor that much? He's got a nice little jump shot right. from free throw in, but how many three-pointers does he take? Yeah, I mean, he's a decent three-point shooter, right? But he's not going to... But he's, he's not a willing three-point shooter. Exactly. He's looking he's not, to take it, put the ball on the floor, and get it inside. And when you got Joel Embiid there with his stat, stature, I mean, I get it. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, where is their outside scoring come from? And when the game's on the line, who's taking the shot? Yeah. And one of the, one thing that we do need to give the Sixers credit for, though, is they are taking one of the best defenders over the last five years okay. on Embiid away from a team that oh, that's a great point. Um, was, you know, potentially in the NBA Finals last year, who was Boston. Um, so stealing that best defender against Joel Embiid really does a little bit for them, for, for Joel Embiid. Um, but putting them next to each other on the floor, I just, I'm not sure I don't, how it's going to work. I don't know, understand how the spacing is going to work. Maybe it does. The, the biggest thing I think they lose is the transition game. Right. Because now you've got two guys. I don't, Joel, Joel's a little better at it than Al Horford is. Al Horford's more that half-court set, you know, get the ball and go to work. Um, I don't know. And again, a lot of it, there's a lot of question marks. There's still some other guys that can help fill in that spot. Yeah. But... As far as I mean, they get. Let's say they sign a Danny Green. Well, they they replace JJ Redick, and now they look they look good. Um, but right now, the biggest thing is is that I just I ask myself, are they a better team today than they were yesterday? And I feel like the answer is no. Yeah, I, and I'm right there with you. Yeah. So, well, um, I mean, and Jimmy Butler now leaving and going to Miami. What what were your thoughts on that trade? Uh, I just don't understand it. Like, um, it has to be something about. Uh, Butler's want to play for Miami or the location or they, he really likes yeah, the organization. That's what I'm they're, towards too. They're not set up to like win. Um, and obviously he could get this money anywhere. 
So my it was just a weird move for me. I understand why Miami would do it. Sure. But um, Oh yeah, absolutely. Um not sure why. Pat but, Riley always seems to find a way to get a player or two, doesn't he? Yeah. I don't know what it is about that guy. I'd love to be a fly in the room while he's talking. He, I I feel like he's got this like intimidation thing about him like you're gonna play for us or else because i don't understand why more outside of geography they like you said there's nothing there right now for them to think jimmy but for jimmy butler who this is his last major big contract right last big move he's gonna make that yeah. you know what i mean outside of a, a trade and he chose to go there i mean yeah. that's just that's got to be for the win <laughs> i don't know what else <laughs> it would be i don't i don't get it yeah that's definitely the strangest one um i think Another one that we should really focus on is the Indiana Pacers. Okay. Um, they've just made a couple moves over the last uh, few days that are astounding. Like, to be able to pull Malcolm Brogdon from the Bucks, Huge uh, move. Just huge. Especially uh, coming off of Brogdon's year that he had. He right. really proved himself, and he's still a young guy. That trajectory can still go up. Right. And um, in doing so, they had to let go of Bo- uh, Bojanovic. But at the same time, Bojanovic is 31. Right. He got more money than Brogdon's going to get. So they're saving a little bit of money, getting a little bit younger, and getting better on defense too, which is really important um, when it comes playoff time. And Brogdon can shut down a a good player for an opposing team. Don't you? And don't you think with uh, Bojanovic, you kind of know what because he is 31. You know what his peak is. You know what his ceiling is. We don't know what that is with Brogdon yet. Exactly. You know what I mean? And I, I, I. I was a little, um, as the fan in me, I was kind of hoping he would have stayed in Milwaukee. Yeah. I wanted to see them bring back their entire unit. Um, yeah. But they've, they've done a good job of maintaining and kind of stopping the bleeding, um, re-signing right. Brooke Lopez and bringing in Robin Lopez from Chicago. Um, I think they're going to be ultimately okay. They didn't lose that much. Yeah. Um, but you're right. The Pacers, who they're kind of always relevant. Right. You know, and it's kind of a, you feel like that would be a market kind of like Cleveland. LeBron left, they would just go to the fall. Right. You know, Detroit, every now and then they have, Detroit's always a team that has kind of like those middle-aged veterans. Yes. You know, but uh, they, they can stay enough to get people to put butts in the seats, but that's kind of what they are. Yeah. Indiana's not that. Yeah, Indiana's not that. Um, I mean, the home of basketball, right? Indiana is known for its basketball, but for some reason they just keep... Like when they lost Paul George, everyone was just shitting on him, right? That should have that should have left to a, a 10, 15 year drought. Yeah. For for a market like Indiana. Yep. And then you get Victor Oladipo in there, and all of a sudden you've got right back at it. So. Yeah, you, it really started with that uh, trade from OKC and him kind of uh, legitimizing or kind of validating himself as a player. Right. Because I think Victor Oladipo, it's a shame he got hurt because I was kind of curious to yeah. see what they would have done in the playoffs. Yes. Because at one time, when they got hurt, wasn't he, weren't they in second or third place in the East? Yeah, they were able, even after he got hurt, they stayed in third place for a couple more months. Yeah, you're right. But they, then they kind of started to fade. Well, I mean, at the end, cream kind of rise to the top type of thing. And yeah, I, exactly. I think they kind of showed who they were. But, right. But, you know, so going off biggest winners, so we've mentioned now um, Indiana Pacers. I want to touch on the Utah Jazz. Oh, absolutely. Let's let's go there right now. So for those of you that don't know, they were able to swindle Mike Conley away from Memphis, and that's not it. They have also pulled off some other uh, free agents to come here, and uh, I'm going to let you touch on that right now. Yeah, so uh, I was kind of bagging on Bojanovic a little bit earlier, but that's because I didn't think he was a guy who could be the second best player on a team. Sure. But you put him on the Utah Jazz now, Changes where everything. he's behind, where he's got Conley running the point, and you got Mitchell, and you got Ingles and Gobert around him. Um, he's going to be a great fit there. 
Uh, Ingles will cover up for him a little bit on defense, and obviously Mike Conley Jr., right. great two-way player at the point guard. Um, they have a sneaky shot at pulling off some up- upsets next year, I think. You know, it's funny. I think, what did they end up this year? They were sixth? Were they sixth or fifth in the in the West? Yeah, they were... Because they played, uh, was it Houston first round? Yeah, so they would have ended up being fifth. Fifth. Yeah. Think about that. And I think their team got better. I right. mean, as much as I, I, I liked Ricky Rubio with that team, yes. I, I definitely think Mike Conley brings something more. Yeah. something Especially something more consistent on a, on a given night. He, yeah. he definitely can score more than Ricky Rubio can. Yes. Um, he's just as quick, if not quicker. Um, and he's... In my opinion, a better defender. He's not. He's not. Uh, he's not exposing their team on the the defensive end. Right. So with that taking place, I think with his veteran leadership now, it kind of takes a little bit of the pressure off Donovan Mitchell, who at times I thought was kind of pressing in the playoffs, trying to do too much. Yeah. And he would have a game where he was able to do that, and then he'd have a game where he's missing three, four layups. Right. So I I feel like uh, with Mike Conley being there, he kind of settles the nerves of Donovan Mitchell, where Ricky Rubio just could never do that. Right. So. Yeah, Conley's got that that veteran presence. Um, it's a big loss for Memphis. They had a nice run the last four or five years with. I love that Gasol team that they Conley. had at one time. Yeah, and when they had Tony Allen, yeah, they, they were they were a nasty team, but they just never found the the right scoring. Yep. Uh, to kind of complement their defense. It's because they were like uh, they remind me of the Pacers from you know that Paul George team. Yeah. They had David West, and you know they had Hibbert. They were defensive minded. They muck it up. They they wanted right. to get you know Lance Stevenson, and he does the, his thing. Yeah. You know he wants to get into the the mind of you as a player, and like Patrick Beverly, but ultimately offense wins in this league. Yeah. And if you don't have enough of it, which is where I think um, the Lakers might find their troubles coming up, is mm-hmm. if you don't have enough shooters, that's where your troubles are going right. to lie. And I think Utah, with bringing in uh, Bonanovich and, and Conley, now they've got more scoring than they've ever had, yes. and they're better defensively. You still keep uh, you know Gobert, who's the defensive player of the year. Um, did he win it this year? Yeah, two years in a row. Two years in a row. So Rudy Gobert, I mean, I, they're going to be sneaky. I could see them. It would be no surprise if they're in the top three in the West next year. Yeah, absolutely, especially because... Um, as we're going to talk about a little bit later, we have no idea what Houston's going to look like next year with all these uh, um, reports coming out. But, yeah, I think Utah, I mean, they're not the top-tier team. They're not going to be the front-runner, but there's the type of team like Toronto this year uh, that we didn't really talk about until it was they were winning the championship. Right. Or the Pistons in 04, like... They just got that kind of feel, that gritty feel, like they could pull something out here. Yeah, and uh, it, it's funny because there's there, most of the free agents are gone. We still have the top ones, and we'll talk about them in a little bit. But those top ones that are still left, depending on what team they choose, it changes the landscape again. Right. Um, I think the last team we should touch on before we get going to our biggest losers is give me your thoughts on the Lakers and what their state of affairs is right now. Yeah, so there's too many question marks right now. Okay. Um, I'm of the opinion that they would have been better off uh, ignoring uh, a max contract player like Kawhi. Okay. Um, because if they would have gotten J.J. Redick, if they would have gotten, um, you know, like Danny Green, if they would have surrounded... They could have got both of them. Right, and they could have just went after shooters. Like, they could have got Bojanovic, who was, I mean, not a max player. Still a little expensive, but they could have got more players to fill out their roster that were shooters right. around two guys who were going to dominate the ball. Well, now they've um, kind of put themselves in the same boat they were in last year. They have to get Leonard to make that team salvageable. Exactly. And if they don't, all these other shooters have moved. Yeah. They're gone. If, if, if Leonard stays, Danny Green's already on record saying he's staying. 
Yeah. If Leonard goes, now you've got a shot at Danny Green, Seth Curry, but after that, it drops off dramatically. Right. And, you know, I if they get Kawhi, it's a huge get. Like, I'm not going to say they're losers because they went and got Kawhi. Right. You end up but, getting Anthony Davis and Kawhi Leonard, probably two of the three biggest free agents of the year, I think. Well, I, Davis was a trade. Right. But... Yeah, so right now there's too much in limbo. I still think they're winners, even if they don't get Kawhi because they got Davis. Right. Um, but I think they're a little lower on the list if they end up not getting Kawhi, mostly because that means they're not getting the next tier of good players right. because they're already gone. Every, almost everyone's already gone. So. And they only have four guys under contract. Yeah. Did you read this? Yes. It's pretty crazy. That's <laughs> insane. So they're going to be scrambling. You're going to be seeing JaVel McGee come back, Lance Stevenson. They're all coming back. Ron Artest will make an appearance. It's going to happen. It's not a world piece. Oh, I apologize. I thought maybe he went back. Okay, so we've talked about our biggest winners here. I think it's always fair to uh, talk about the biggest losers, and I think the only place that you can start is New York Knicks. Let's, oh, let's go yeah. there. It's kind of like if their plan all along had been – to rebuild a lot around young talent. Like this is actually not that bad. Like Julius Randle, I re- he's underrated. I think he's a really good player. I think RJ Barrett has a chance at sure. being um, like a B plus James Harden. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a lot of skill. Kevin Knox is a good shooter. They're a good young team. I like Dennis Smith Jr. Still, he's this be his third year. He's not. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't taken that next level like I thought he would. Yeah. But neither did Jason Tatum. You know what I mean? So, but Tatum's ceiling is still higher than Dennis Smith Jr. Right. But I feel I think he's a legitimate player in the league. I mean, yeah. I don't think he's not going to be. Um, he he can contribute at that point guard position, facilitate, but right. He's not. They could go worse. They could be worse. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but my point was that if this had been their plan all along, it, it was a fine plan. Sure. But this wasn't the plan. The plan. No, it was all not. year. All <laughs> we've been hearing all year is that KD. And Kyrie are coming to the Knicks. Well, even before then. Yeah. If you remember, so they were talking last night in Center about KD and Kristaps. At the beginning of the year, it was Porzingis and KD. They thought they were going to pair those two together. Yeah. And then in January, they ship off Kristaps to Dallas. And it's for, like for Kevin yeah. and Kyrie. So now right. pick up your thought. Yeah, so it's just like because it's been so transparent in New York that the Knicks were planning on Kyrie and KD. Um, this is obviously a failure, right? Because uh, to get Julius Randle, who's a nice you know starter in the league, instead of KD is just right. It's as it's, big of a loss as you can take. It's insurmountable the gap between the two, yeah. right? Um, and it's you know they can recover because some of the people they're signing are on the one year deals, so they'll have money next year. But there's only so many years in a row you can say next year. Um, and the right. Knicks have been doing this since 2010 when the LeBron was supposed to come to the Knicks, so. Um, they, had, they need to change their mentality here. Who's the biggest free agent they've ever landed? Stoudemire? Uh, I mean, yeah, Stoudemire is a big name. Uh, I mean, Carmelo would have gone there anyway, so they probably would have landed him. Okay. Um, I'm partial to Alan Houston of Detroit Pistons Old. <laughs> uh, he signed that huge contract in the late 90s, and I was Hey, they had a nice run. Yeah. They had, uh, Spreewell was on that team. Right. Uh, they had a nice little team there for a yeah. minute. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than some of those names from yesteryears, there's not a lot of big names that have okay. signed in New York. Okay. Any other losers that stand out as big as uh, the the Knicks? Um, I would argue that Golden State's right there, uh, borderline loser, because for the time being, I think that it's going to be a good fit with Curry and well, Russell next to each other. They're already a loser because they lost Kevin Durant. Right. So that makes them, but go ahead. Yeah. 
Um, I think they're a great. I think Curry and Russell will be a really nice fit together. Um, yeah. But then when Thompson comes back, what does that team look like? Uh, are you running Curry, Russell, and Thompson all out at the same time? Um, Thompson can cover up for Curry on defense, but can he cover up for Curry and Russell on defense? Um, I mean, they ship out Andre Iguodala. I mean, you understand it because they needed the space, but now you're losing a starter or the one of the better six men in the league. Right. Uh, you don't have anybody that can fill in that small forward position. Um, it, it'll the free agency's not over, so maybe they are able to convince someone to come over like Seth Curry, okay, uh, who can fill out some of the bench to give them a little more shooting, but. I'm a little skeptical about how those three guys can play together. Um, Rightfully so. I mean, yeah. it, it, I was thinking about I was thinking about it last night when the the news broke. I was yeah. like, "This is the biggest head scratcher move for me." Mm-hmm. I, we're, we haven't got to it yet, but it will be my biggest surprise that right. we talk about because I don't understand, especially with Clay and Steph. We knew Clay. I mean, it's not been official though. I haven't seen anywhere. Is it is Clay? Did he sign? Uh, I know they're still talking yeah, about it, but I don't know if it's official yet. That's worrisome. I mean, yeah. I don't know why you'd think last night six o'clock that would have been right up there with the first one right. after Kevin Durant. I don't understand what's taking that one so yeah. long. The only thing I could think of is that they're trying to save a little space on the cap because the NBA's cap is weird. That okay, I don't fully to understand. Figure it. out how to yeah. So if Thompson's not on the books, then they might have a there's a thing called a mid level exception. Okay. Uh, so basically. If a team is over the soft cap in the NBA, it, they have the option to use a mid-level exception. Okay. And that mid-level exception is like $5 million ish but if they're over the hard cap, they're not allowed to use that mid-level exception. So, they're trying, so you think it's a salary cap thing? It then? could totally be a salary cap. Because thing. there's no way Clay Thompson's going anywhere else. No, I can't. I mean, yeah. there's no way. I mean, the only now the, the kind of hope I have is that Kawhi might stay in Toronto okay. or go to the Clippers, and there's some little part of Clay Thompson that wants to play for his dad's team. <laughs> uh, so he could end up a Laker. It'd be a perfect fit. I got to um, tell you, oh, it'd be more than a perfect fit. Yeah. That's the piece right there that takes you from contending to championship because yeah. he's that good. Uh, Clay Thompson and Curry, in my opinion, I think are Warriors for life. Yeah, um, I, I think, think so they're the too. only two. Um, yeah. I, 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 I wonder what happens with Draymond Green this year. Because mm-hmm. um, the only thing I read this morning, though, was that uh, the Warriors have signed the hottest young commodity in D'Angelo Russell, because everybody's been talking about his, his change in approach to the game, how it affected his game. He's a first-year All-Star. Right. Everybody was trying to go back after him. They signed him for the intent of trading him. Oh, this is what I wanted to touch on before we left, so I'm glad you came here. Um, one of the things that we can't take for granted is that D'Angelo Russell can become tradable right before the All-Star break. Okay. And a lot of the things that I've been hearing is that Clay Thompson is kind of estimating right after the All-Star uh, break being back. So, so they might be set. I mean, They're trying Larry's, to tread lightly so doing. that they're not missing the playoffs next year. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think so. Because once you get Clay back, you have Steph, Clay, D'Angelo. If you're able to pull off some sort of trade there that kind of sets you up with someone who might be a fit at small forward or you get a little bit deeper at the forward position. Um, I don't think we can take that for granted because I do think they Gold State knows what they're doing. Yeah, obviously. because I, I really think they know what they're doing. And that's yeah. why when they sign him, I, I, it's a head scratcher to me and I don't understand it. But that's because they have the foresight of seeing three, four moves ahead that we're, right. we don't have, we're not privy to that information. Exactly. So, so. Um, it's entirely possible that D'Angelo Russell knows that he's just a short-term uh, short-term player for them. But what a great situation for him to be right. in if they're not. Yeah, exactly. Or if, if he's not, you know what I mean? Agreed. So, 
Well, okay, so let's jump into, so you said uh, you thought the Golden State Warriors would, um, was one of your losers. I, I don't really have a big loser outside of New York and obviously Houston, just with their, their turmoil that's going yeah. on with them. What do you make with the Rockets mess? Because we're talking about a team that's been the closest to beating a fully functional Golden State team that yeah. Toronto, although Toronto's your champions, I think they've got that asterisk there that says, we didn't beat a fully equipped Golden State team, which is why I'd love to see Kawhi bring it back one more time. Yeah. But with that being said, Houston almost did. Mm-hmm. And they, they took him to the edge twice. Yeah. And now they have turmoil and they're talking about breaking that team up. What are your thoughts? Oh, man. Houston's tough because part, part of the problem here is that when general managers and teams give information to the media about their situations sure. and what they're trying to do, what ends up happening is we get expectations. Right. So we had expectations that somebody big might be coming into Houston, like Jimmy Butler, who was linked to Houston for the last week. Yeah, you're right. And all of a sudden, within just a few hours, Jimmy Butler's going to Miami. Now Houston's stuck with the situation where it's known Clint Capella, P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon, and any other player that they could trade are all on the block. And that's what happened with the Lakers. Yeah, that's what happened with the Lakers. So now we've got a situation where what is... And other teams know that Houston's trying to make this big change. Are they going right. to get undersold? I don't I don't have a lot of hope for Houston, especially, you know, I don't know how legitimate it is, but Chris Paul and James Harden apparently have some tension. Yeah, what do you buy into that? It's crazy because these guys do stay far commercials together, man. Right. I mean, you're talking about uh, we, the dynamic duo from a year ago. We were yeah. trying to figure out... You know, if Chris Paul plays in Game 7, they win it. That's what everybody right. says. I mean, I, I didn't never bought that narrative, but that's what they were trying to sell us. And yeah. then this year, they had both of them. And they, and they couldn't beat six. A, a Golden State team without Durant. Uh, yeah, right. so as far as the tension goes, I think when you get egos into a room, um, you don't know what's going to happen. Right. It's a little volatile. You never know if they're going to gel. And then when you get the additional tension of losing two straight um, series that you should have right. should have won, quote unquote, and then you but, get the rumors on top of it. So now everybody has a piece of that that tension instead right. of just the, being the two leaders on the team. Exactly. Now everybody's a part of that. Yeah. So I'm not sure what to make Houston. I do trust Daryl Morey. I think you he, do. Yeah, I think he's. I mean, he's. I think he's panicking. together. He well, put it together, but I think he's panicking. Yeah, he might be. He might maybe he wants out of Houston. Maybe I know there's some disagreement too between the the owner and him about what to do with the coach Danny, right. and then what to do with the rest of the roster. There's been some tension, so maybe this is kind of his last. Don't you think whether whether it's the right move or not, just so that there feels like there's something that's re, like fr- refresh about this. Yeah. Um, or refresh about this. Don't you think Daytona's got to go? Uh, I don't think so. Um, I think what needs to happen is one of these trade sets been talked about well, to actually happen, right? But do you think there actually will happen? I don't know. Because who's taking on Paul's contract? Yeah, no, well, I don't think Paul's the guy that would end up get, getting traded. Um, I think they would try to run back Paul and Harden. Okay. Um, and then the other pieces are what they're going to try to kind of configure. So, like, Eric Gordon's on an expiring contract. Okay. Um, any team would want him that's trying to contend right. or get better. Yeah. Like, uh, I L- mean, look what PJ Tucker's done for yeah. teams. I mean, he, he's he's kind of that Draymond Green for for the the Rockets. Exactly. So a team like you know, mostly because I'm a homer, but if the Pistons were able to get Gordon, like oh, I don't know I what they'd send that. back that Houston wants, but like there are teams where that need a Eric Gordon type player, someone who can 
solidify your shooting. Um, Clint Capella, he's, you know, got some problems as far as, like, staying in the game in the playoffs when right. the teams go small. Um, but he's a good center who can run the court and play defense. Um, and then P.J. Tucker, like you said. I mean, these guys are guys that would fit well on other teams. It's yeah. just, what do you get back? Right. Because Houston doesn't want draft picks. They want Jimmy Butler. Right. Um, and I don't know it's, it's who just, else out there right, is going to go. I think it's conflicting philosophies on the way Harden wants to play, which I think, I mean, there's no doubt Harden is the team you're building around. You're going to run that high screen pick and roll, okay, shooters in the corner, all right, and you're going to hope to hit Capella on a lob if he comes in. So that's how it is. It's down, it's the screen, is the three there? Nope, you're tacking downhill. Are they stopping me? I'm hitting a shooter in the, or shooter in the corner. Right. And if they don't, I'm lobbing it up to Capella. It's the perfect game plan for Harden. Yeah. Where does Chris Paul fit into that? Yeah. Well, now you put him into that because he's going to be on the court. He's a guy that likes to dribble. A lot. The ball right. doesn't move as quickly with him. He likes to dribble, as does Harden. Mm-hmm. They both need that to kind of get into a rhythm. Except Chris Paul doesn't shoot as well as James Harden. James Harden shoots, right. and he's not as willing of a shooter until yeah. he's dribbled 10, 15, 20 times. Yeah. He likes to get into the paint, work his way back out, but he needs cutters. And to me, it just it's not going to work. Yeah, it's not going to work. So, in my opinion, if I'm the Houston Rockets, I'm figuring a buyer for for Chris Paul, mm-hmm. but. That doesn't seem to be possible. Right. So I don't know what you're doing. I think the Lakers would love to have him. Yeah. Uh, one of one of the podcasts that I like to listen to is the NBA Ringer Show. Okay. Um, they have like two or three different channels, but one of the things they were talking about is what that team would look like if you traded Harden. What would you get for Harden right now in the prime of his career? Because he's on he's on the edge of his prime. Like he's got maybe two or three more years. Right. But then the question is his usage. How right. much is that going to factor in? So has he got a year left? Does he have three years left at being James Harden MVP? Or, right. Um, I don't know. Seeing that's so, the cra- that's so fascinating NBA two K like lover in me that wants to see what I what they could get back for Harden, um, but I don't know if they would have to retool like if they could retool fast enough to be contenders or if they'd have to like. Just He's the type of player them. though that you have to change everything. Right. It's a. It's a house cleaning situation because yeah. he is such an ISO dominated player yeah and that's you know ultimately why the, as a fan I don't like James Harden very much right. because I just don't think he's you a, like team basketball yeah I like yeah. team basketball and seeing him kind of hold the ball as much as he does is not my favorite thing so the only thing that ma- and I agree with you the only thing that makes me kind of go wow is that he's that good yeah so that's kind of the thing that says, you know what, if you got a player of his caliber, I think the best way to do it is that high screen pick and roll right. and just give those options and make sure that your shooters hit it in the corner. Right. I didn't understand the way Utah Jazz was kind of trying to defend him with the high defense on behind him. I mean, yeah. the baskets, you still got to stay between your man and the basket, but he's changed the game with the way the free throw or the, the following on the threes. Yeah. I think they pandered to him a little bit. They need to get that rule yep. cleared. And I think a lot of his points, that 36 point per game will go down because... Oh, yeah. He won't be getting those calls next year. Yeah. Um, but he's still a 25, 26, 28 points per game guy. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I mean, even if they do go a little bit lighter on the fouls, I mean, he's, I think he was getting nine points per game the last couple of years from the free throw line. So that's it, yeah. if it goes down to four or five, I mean, he's still roughly a 30 points per game kind of guy. But, yeah, I don't know. Houston's an interesting situation just because I think you have that Daryl Morey wild card. Right. who would just do anything that he right. could to try to make the team as good as possible. And, so. and in the NBA, talent wins overall, and winning fixes everything. But there's one of those teams that I still think team chemistry matters. 
And if nothing changes with what they currently have and they go into the season with what they have and try to run it back, that's a team that I think that was sitting at the four spot. I think they end up five, six through eight. They still have enough talent to be in the playoffs, but they're bouncing the second round now. Yeah, for sure. So, um, all right, well, what'd you think, man? Here we are. We got to close this up. We're coming up on our hour out here, but what, uh, what'd you think? Did you have fun? Yeah, this was fun. Um, it got a little easier as we went. Got it kind of in the groove here. Got our big old board that we're staring at. So yeah. that helped a little bit. I feel like yeah, um, this was fun. I feel like with NBA, especially free agency talk, we could talk forever. Like oh, yeah. we touched on Demarcus Cousins. I mean, I, what do you think? Is he? What ultimately ends up happening with him? Shoot, I don't know. I mean, Nick's already signed Randall. That would have been a been, a nice fit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, the Clippers, is that going to be their last ditch? we got to get Could somebody. Be. Could be, and they, um, they actually need that position. Yeah. That's a that's a big need. What about, uh, I mean, is there any chance that uh, Golden State resigns him for a lesser contract? Mm, I really don't feel like it. I DeMarcus is going to try to go get his money? Yeah, I think so. Well, you know, I don't know if he wants to go back. I'm not sure if he, he handled it really well, but I don't know if he loved right. the way he was handled in the finals. In the finals. Um, but they were a different team then. They had more talent. And yeah. you had the resurgence of Kevon Looney, who I think is a good fit with oh, them. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it'd be interesting to see if he tries to bet on himself one more time and say, like, I want to go to a contender on that mid-level exception, and like maybe Boston okay. takes a risk on him. Uh, they what, would they, always, what would they have the pain though? Uh, I mean, they have they probably have that mid-level exception, the same thing that Golden State gave him this year. Okay, that so five million dollar exception. Uh, Boston would have that same thing this year, I would imagine. Uh, that they could, if he wanted to bet on himself again. But if he's just looking to cash in, then he's gonna. And I, I feel bad for him because I feel like he's gonna end up being on a on a, another team that's not relevant, yeah. and sign a big contract with him just to get his money because he's missed out on that. And I don't know. If, I don't. I just don't see him doing that two years in a row. But you know, who knows? That's why we love the NBA. That's why we love these storylines and the narratives that take place. Uh, I hope you enjoyed today's show. He was Will Delzeeth. I'm Robert Gifford. Check back, as always, as we talk about all things Americana and pop culture. Until then, friends, we'll see you. Bye.